The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Hello? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, point. Agreed. So it is six, so we'll call the meeting to order, and I'll use both the gavels. Uh, all right, roll call and uh, approval of absences. Fred Edison. Here. Regina Gorham, I'm here. Kyle Hibbard. Present. Dr. Lene Powell-Wilson. Present. Patrick Bale. Here. Ryan Walker. Here. And uh, Catherine let Luis and I know ahead of time that she wasn't going to be able to make it. Uh, so we just need a motion to approve Catherine, Catherine's absence. Does anybody motion? So moved. So moved. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, and second? Second. All right, we're good. Uh, approval of agenda. Were there any additions, Luis? You mentioned some, maybe? Uh, yeah, there are a couple. And I'm trying to make it so that the agenda can get put up on the screen for the folks at home. Um, uh, the two that I can think of right off the top, though, are that um, Pam O'Connor, who is a subcommittee member, uh, emailed me over some additions 
um, that'll be in the materials that are gonna be included up on the screen here, hopefully momentarily. And then um, completely skipped my mind as well that we, or you all need to make a vote uh, to say that you, you want to be, uh, or that you will be remaining in this room for the remainder of the, the year to officially change the way that it, uh, the meetings are noticed. So that can go as the last item on the agenda. So do we want that pre-adjournment or? Okay, <laughs> yes. I'm assuming like the literal last. Okay. Yep. And one more. So, Zach, did you just log into your own? So the, it should be up on the screen here momentarily for us, but I think that we can get uh, rolling right now, otherwise. Okay, um, for the new additions, those are just gonna go under for the PAM things. We don't need to add those. Uh, we could add those underneath um, new business and I can present them. Okay, uh, so all we're adding to the agenda is the addition of the vote on switching to Chamber, uh, approval of agenda as amended. Anybody? So moved. Thanks, Lene. Uh, and we do need a second, don't we? Yeah, in a second. Second. All right. Uh, introduction of guests. There are none here, but we do have Yes, uh, Zach Dumas is not necessarily a guest, but he's an AmeriCorps member uh, with the city of Kalamazoo, the planning department. Um, and Zach is helping out tonight, which I'm greatly appreciative of, uh, with some of the screen shared duties. So thank you, Zach. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, citizen comments on non-agenda items and correspondence. Do we get some in? No, the call-ins are not set up on this. Okay. All right. So then we're on to reports. Uh, Luis, financial report. Yeah. And Zach, just so you know, you need to pull it over to the right screen to make it go up onto all of them. Sorry, I just wanted to clarify. There we are, rather. And if you could scroll down to uh, a little bit more to the, a little bit more, sorry. Yeah, so here's the financial report. I know it's a little bit hard to see. Um, I think the, the most recent expense that we had was uh, selling off the rest of the stock of the Kalamazoo Lost and Found books to Kazoo Books. Um, I think that's the only expense that we've incurred thus far. Um, since we met last, I guess I could say not thus far. Um, I believe that was around $2,900. I have the invoice in my bag. Um, and I think that that's good that those got over there as well. I, that'll bring, be brought back up again during operations uh, or sustain a, uh, 
I can't remember if it's operations or sustainability. I think it's um, sustainability, but I think it's good that they got over there and I'm glad that they finally got their facility set up where we could go store the rest of those books. I know that was a long time coming. Um, not a lot of change in the O'Connor Fund either. Um, obviously, the $10,000 that we uh, gave to CHW is now being reflected. Uh, we went down from $57,000 to $47,000. Um, so that is the biggest change there. And that's all that I have. Does anybody have any questions about the financial report? It's pretty straightforward. Ah, all right. Thank you, Luis. Um, and you did O'Connor Fund too, so we're good. Uh, did you have anything else, Luis, that you wanted to add about financial report? Nope. Okay. All right. On to uh, B, diversity and inclusion. I included a short update for Kalamazoo Reservation Public Education, and I apologize. The second line probably seems like it's floating out there. It was a semi-reminder to myself <laughs> that I left in the notes. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, I have been back in touch with Lakota Pochedli, the uh, Tribal Historic Preservation Officer for the Machi Benashiwish, and that's been the main driver that created the content behind the next exit history videos that were, and content surrounding the mound in Bronson Park, which we can point to now that we're in here. Um, so I'll be working with Lakota and um, another staff member at the Gun Lake Band to do kind of more substantial updates to include more history on the tribal presence in Kalamazoo. Um, so they have a busy schedule, so we're um, now kind of aiming for July to have a meeting and start getting stuff uh, narrowed, narrowed down and kind of flushed out. Um, so I'm still hopeful for that end of year deadline that I that we graciously gave me <laughs> to to get things wrapped up. Um, did anybody have any questions about that? If no one does, I do. Um, yeah, I didn't know if it would be worth it or if we could try to reach out to the people uh, at the tribe then and ask if they would ever like to come to one of these meetings to do a presentation or just speak with us to kind of reopen the dialogue with the entire group again. Um, I guess for, if for nothing more than just to, like I said, reopen the dialogue. I think that'd be great and we could uh, realign again. So if you think it would be possible, like I said, you know that they're busy. Oh, these are not uh, midday or anything. They are in the afternoon. So I don't know if that would be an option for everyone to come down, but uh, maybe we could float the idea their way. Um, I think, do you know if when we're in here, if people are still able to um, be like a guest via Zoom or via a different link? I would have to check. Okay. Just thinking through the option of, of potentially them being able to join us, um, though not physically. Uh, yeah, I, I can definitely talk with Lakota about that and see um, if it would be either her or somebody else in the tribe that would come um, and, and join us to talk through things. Um, yeah, I will talk to her about that simultaneously while we're figuring out dates for, for our next meeting. Would we be able to 
use the room next door just for that and then come back in here would be to have that flexibility of if that's what they have to do is zoom and we can't zoom here oh. zoom in the conference room uh i think if we are having if we're having a full meeting we would need to be in this room if all of us are present just because that would mean quorum and that would fall under uh, where we would need it to be public. Uh, oh. or, and that goes back to Luis's uh, saying that we need to make a vote about being in here because they don't want us moving back and forth because that gets confusing for folks to be able to find us. I know it's close, but that still gets confusing. Um, so. Ready for the flexibility to do that. I like to feel we are flexible to do that, but maybe because of rules we can't. I can, um, I have a, a meeting with Christina Anderson scheduled so I could see what, um, what her thoughts are, what she knows about capabilities in here versus other spaces for something like that. Thanks. Yeah, and, I, and I don't think that we should jump the gun either and just assume initially that they're not open to meeting uh, in person as well. So we can try to broach that subject first and then see if, uh, if, if that doesn't work. We can obviously explore the other possibilities. Um, and we can just move after we've made initial contact to see what happens. All right. Uh, any other questions for me? Okay. Uh, inventory and surveys. Yeah. Um, so the survey is still happening and it's still up and open uh, and I would still love for people to volunteer and Zach there's not a document in here about this one. Um, I would love for people to still volunteer if they would like to um, and I'm more than willing to come to people to do a, a quick training as well if they would need one to get reacquainted with how to do the survey. Um, I do have a PowerPoint that I turned into a PDF that kind of walks through the process as well. Um, and I don't know if Sharon walked any of you through it before at all, if there was any sort of in-person training or if there wasn't an in-person training to do that. So uh, that's something that I'm very open to doing. Um, we will just need the volunteer help and efforts to make sure that this all works and gets done. Um, so I'm crossing my fingers. Uh, and then on the back end, I know that I had talked with Patrick a little bit a couple times now about the ways that we can kind of try to streamline some of these efforts um, for the post field work. I think that's what we've been dubbing it so far. Um, so we don't need to go to very extreme lengths to get it done. I think there's a lot of ways that we can make it a little bit easier and streamline it a little bit um, just so it doesn't need to be super complex or intensive with the amount of clicks or anything like that that you need to do. Um, and I can let Patrick speak to that a little bit more if you'd like to. Yeah, I got a little better wrap around what, what, what state the data is in and what needs to happen with it and where it needs to go. Um, I think the next step for us is understanding what sort of capabilities the city already has in-house. Um, do we need to go out and speak to a vendor about a certain type of software to be able to do what we need to do? Um, that may be something that the city already has. 
and we need to get with the IT folks in order to really understand that. Um, if there isn't this type of software available in-house, I know of a few vendors that we could approach. They usually have uh, pretty inexpensive pricing for nonprofit making enterprises, so universities, public institutions, things like that. Um, it's likely that the cost would not be zero, but we're talking in the like low couple thousand dollars rather than an enterprise solution, which might be like thirty to forty thousand dollars. We're talking like two to three um, for kind of a year's subscription to this, which is probably what we would need in order to build what we need to build. So, um, yeah, I think the next step is understanding what the city already has in house and if uh, if it has what we need and if they're going to be okay with non-city employees accessing city databases. That's, that's a big, that's going to be a big ask and I understand that and I know that there's a number of IT people who are not going to be happy about that, but I think that needs to happen. Well, I think the other issue is not only are we, will we be able to access their database, but can we take this information, which is a part of Kalamazoo, and transfer it over into a strange database that is not a part of Kalamazoo, you know? Yeah, so ultimately the data will need to be sent to SHPO. Um, and that's kind of the second stage of this that is, would not be this year. It would probably be next year. Um, but the first step is going to be pulling the data into the city's database and having it housed in, at the city rather than in the Esri um, database. Esri is the vendor that has the application, um, but we're paying them for that right now. And if we can pull it in-house after it is done with the app and we can move it in-house and build what we need in-house, that's preferable to having it with a third party. And so it would be held by the city until it gets sent to SHPO. So. This, this is a question Luis may or may not know the answer to. So in the past, was data held, held in this way, basically put into city whatever mode and then done like pushed up to SHPO or was it far enough back that it was done that it was like paper and then sent to SHPO. I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm assuming it was yeah, potentially the paper. Time, the last time that this was done was 1998 through 2001 by Sharon. Uh, so none of the, the technology wasn't where it is now, obviously. Um, and I think that she did these on like note cards or something. Um, so it, it's drastically changed and uh, to speak with, to what Patrick was saying, you know, um, right now when we're collecting it, it effectively puts all of the data into a big Excel spreadsheet minus the pictures that we're taking. So all of the other stuff, plus all of the stuff that we're gonna add. So the stuff like the address, the condition of the sidewalk, the condition of the tree, notes that you have, and then all of the post field work that speaks to the form of the house, the condition of it, the integrity, all of those things are one line on a spreadsheet, one row. 
Um, I'm not quite sure how the pictures are doing it right now. They're, they're tied somehow together, but it's not in that spreadsheet. Like I downloaded the whole spreadsheet to my computer. It's not terribly large. Um, then uh, Patrick is speaking about then making a way that we can have people who are qualified to tap in and do the field work where they can work in conjunction with each other and they won't be stepping on each other's toes or have to worry about duplicate efforts when they're doing the work. Um, and then it all writes back to a central location. Um, so that'll be the post field work part that I think could in reality happen in conjunction with the collection of the data. But I think in a perfect world that would happen after the, all of the survey data has been collected. So after all the field work has been done. Um, and then after that, there's the question of uh, getting all of the post field work put into sh uh, ship a architecture survey forms, which are just Word documents that have all of the fields that we've been collecting for the, or that will be filled in for the, the post field work and getting that um, somehow transferred into those Word documents so then it can be sent over to SHPO because that's the way that they want it. Um, SHPO still wants a paper copy. <laughs> I believe, yes, they still are going to want the paper copy. So um, those are kind of the three big hurdles or, or, or I don't know if I want to call them hurdles. Those are like the three big phases that we can kind of look at to make it discrete, discrete sections of the project. So field work, which is going to overlap somewhat with the other portions of this project, I believe. Post field work, which looks at um, using 36 CFR 61 that we talked about last time, qualified professionals to be doing the analysis of that data and uh, providing integrity analysis and form analysis and all that fun stuff. That could be called phase two. And then I think realistically phase three will be migrating that data from whatever sort of database or spreadsheet or what have you we have back into the, the, the survey forms. And the third one might seem like it's um, a negligible or, or small part of it, but I think it's actually gonna be kind of a big part of it until we can figure out how to do that smoothly and move everything over. Um, so that's kind of how I've been looking at it in my head, but the, the first step is making sure that we can get people to go out and, and get the data. I know you mentioned um, we for commission members. Sharon didn't do like a at meeting training or anything like that. She talked through training. Um, so is there going to be? Are you planning another one? Not necessarily for commission members only, but uh, just another one in general. Um, so I've been, I guess, taking a different approach because Sharon already initiated this a while back. She did release a video. I'm not sure if she did it once or twice, but I know that she did it at least once with the Edison folks to show people what the deal is going to be like. Edison is also completed by now, so that's great. Um, but she did a video back then when, when that started, uh, and I, I'm not sure of that year exactly, but 2019, let's say, arbitrarily. But the, the process is still identical. The interface of the app has changed slightly and it's nothing more than a facelift. Some of the colors have changed a little bit in the app, but that's it. Realistically, um, like going from one shade of green and blue to a darker shade maybe, it's nothing drastic. Um, so I think that that's a really helpful resource. Um, I've been trying to take it on a more neighborhood by neighborhood approach and reach out to the neighborhoods send them the uh, lists of streets that haven't been completed yet, 
let them know that they can advertise the survey to their residents. Um, and then if people are interested, they can contact me to get street assignments. And then I can assign them things so we don't have to worry about any confusion about like, oh, I thought that I had block number one, but you have block number one. So we can avoid those things. Um, and then once they complete them, I'll have them kind of verify with me that they did complete it. Um, so I didn't plan on doing any citywide training or anything. Um, I'd be more than happy, like I said, to organize something um, with any interested parties here that want to do it. I know that for the people that live in Stewart, Stewart is nearly done. Um, West Ninch Hill is not nearly done. Southwest Ninch is not nearly done. There's a lot of them that are not nearly done. Um, so. Yeah, I know it, you sent an email that you were going to train and everything, and I apologize. I, my brain said I responded to you, but I didn't quite put it on the email. Um, but um, I, I do plan on doing it because uh, I'm going on a trip. So I'll be back at the end of the month. So I'm thinking of that. But yeah, West Niche Hill is not totally done. But I only chose like three blocks or some, three sections. And I feel once I finish those and perfect those, then I'll move on to another. But um, if you don't mind, if I can, when I get back, I, I can do some training with you and see. Certainly, and we can organize it on even a person-by-person -person basis if you would like, because then you guys could all go spread the good word with people as well. Um, I just use Stewart as an example because two of our commissioners here live in Stewart, and Stewart is nearly completed. I think only the Allen Boulevard and Old Orchard, Old Orchard section of Stewart remains uh, to be surveyed. So that could even be a great opportunity to go and get training if we wanted to in that capacity as well. Um, all you, and I guess I shouldn't say all, but you need a smartphone of, that has a camera on it to run the app and then you can go out and do it. Um, I think the process is been maybe even simplified since the first iteration because we're just scanning a QR code to download the survey onto your phone and then you're you're ready to go. So, um, and I can share, I need to double check, but I think that I can just make a new map of all of the data that we have and I can share that with you all outside of the survey one, two, three application. So, because uh, again, that's just a series of Excel points. It's nothing crazy. So we can just make a new map. Do we have like a public call for volunteers for this anywhere? I believe that it was one of the first things that I did, but I need to go back and double check. And I know that there have been calls for it and uh, the neighborhood activator, I've been working um, with them as well and with Zach as well to try to get people engaged. And I've been trying to do it at the smaller neighborhood level to do so, um, but I'm sure that we can make more pushes again. Are you going to say something? I think I initially got involved from an email blast from Sharon, and then I did attend an in-person training, and I would emphasize that, you know, previously there were only a limited number of users who could access the app at a time, so one of the key parts was that you had to log out so then other people could do their routes, but just wanted to throw that out. I don't know if that's still the case or not, but. Yeah, so we've changed it a lot, and I can send out an email blast too, because I know I have like a huge list of people that were initially involved. We've changed it from that approach to now everyone just, there is no login anymore. You interact with the, the app on an anonymous basis, 
So there can be an unlimited amount of users doing the survey at any given time. Um, so that kind of coordination doesn't need to, we don't need to be worried about that anymore, which I think is nice. Um, and that's why I think it's become so much easier too, because all you have to do is scan the QR code, it, it's downloaded onto your phone, and then you're ready to you're ready to roll. So after you get the training, I think you know it's really just reiterating and doing the same thing over and over and over again. So um, figuring out how to fit it into a day, I think, is going to be kind of the or finding appealing ways to 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 advertise this to people. Like this could be your evening walk, or you know this is a cool way to go see neighborhoods that you've never seen before, or or things like that. I think are, are to me, attractive ways to, to try to uh, spread this. Um, if Would you want us to, in our varying spheres, to send out information and have folks get in touch with you if they're interested? Oh, yes, please. Okay. All right. Patrick, did you have anything else that you wanted to throw in? No, just okay. that... We need to be meeting with the IT folks at some point yeah, in the near I was, future. I was just going to say it sounds like next steps are getting in touch with IT, figuring out whether or not something can be done in-house or there's going to have to be an outside vendor thought. And well, then worrying about all the other stuff later. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Luis, did you have anything else? Okay. All right. Uh, D, item D, grave issues. Kyle. For Luis. Oh, I saw Luis grab the mic. We, we can tag team it if All you right. would like. Uh, I need to make sure that my mic stays on. Uh, reached out to Suzanne Rowland again at the, the city. The water is on, but I think that it was um, maybe a long road to getting the water turned on this year, it seems. Um, Again, they are doing construction in, in Mountain Home this year, so we need to coordinate with them to figure out when the best times are so we're not uh, getting in their way with any of the construction efforts. Um, and I will be the first to admit that I cannot find my note anymore that I wrote down the three days that we decided upon. So I don't know if anyone else has those days um, written down, and it was I think it was at our last meeting. I think it was before the work plan meeting. Um, but then I could send those over. We might need to come up with one more that's on the end and, and uh, scratch the first one because I think we're coming up to that first date. Um, but if we could get those dates, I can send them over to her and then we can uh, try to schedule a concrete meeting of that. I might have them written down, but I realize I don't have my past notes with me, but I'll look. And then as Kyle was mentioning in an email to me, um, need to take stock of the materials that we have left um, to see if we need more. I know that it's in the past been slightly abrasive brushes or natural brushes that you guys are using, right? Water and then D2, it seems like, are the, the materials and uh, buckets, obviously, which I think we will still have, I hope. <laughs> um, so it, Probably the only thing to buy would be the D2, I'm guessing. I think that the brushes would still be fine, so. Kyle, did you have anything? Just got to set dates and advertise. <laughs> if we can agree on that. 
I know we talked at one, the meeting before that you were gonna try to go to the schools to get them to do for their projects. So I don't know if, I mean, you might wanna at least ask now, even though you may not have the dates or whatever, so that you can get a gauge of who would be interested. I, I know in the past, uh, um, beyond, beyond schools too, scout groups were a big interest, which they aren't really bound by school year ends and starts as much as schools are. So there were definitely different levels of scout groups, if I remember right. So I think a lot of that is in the contacts that you may have gotten already, hopefully. And those, at least, they'll be on the list again. Um, but. Yeah, I can try to find contact information for more of them, but otherwise, yeah, for schools, I don't know if we can really reach out currently. <laughs> I suppose there are summer sessions, but. Well, well, one of the dates I thought was in October. Yeah, the last one will probably do around Halloween for thematic purposes. Right, so I mean, you can certainly start asking some schools um, to see if that could be a field trip, I don't know. City marketing department, or is that falling to me? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think just while we're talking about it, we can make some actionable items on it right now, and I'm trying to remember if I put it into my calendar at all. And it looks like I probably didn't. Um, I think it would be worthwhile if Number one thing we could do is price out D2 just to check what it's gonna, what it's gonna be like. Uh, Kyle, I don't know if that's something that you could do. Just to search it up and price it out and then we can have an idea of how much that's gonna cost to buy the new D2, which is a, the cleaning agent. Um, Regina is right, school for KPS, I believe ends this Friday. Um, so, I think that, that that window is gone. Um, not to say that we can't engage the youth, but I think it would have to be independent of the schools because I don't know how much outreach capabilities they would have right now since the school year is ending. I think that scouts are a great way to go as well. Both the boy and girl scouts would be great uh, people to reach out to. Um, I can go back through my notes and Regina can go through hers and anyone else can go through that's made notes to find the dates that we agreed upon tentatively. And then I can reach out to Suzanne to give her kind of a, an overview of what we're thinking. Um, I think independent of having other people, we could always go out and clean ourselves for our first one if we wanted as well. So um, I guess those are the tangible next steps that I can think of right now, just to get the ball rolling. I know once we have dates, I know there's a lot of people at work who, uh, ears perked up when they heard about the project. So I'll make sure that it's passed at least within that circle as well. Um, and if we, if we do need help with marketing stuff um, for the event, I mean, I think we could um, see how Suzanne does anything with the cemeteries just to make sure that we're being, you know, sensitive. Um, but uh, I would think that using some of the social media would be all right, at least, since we've done it before. All right, anything else for Grave Issues Squad?
uh, the email blast previously got us, I think it was between 15 and 20 some people. Okay. So it kind of ties to how much we have in supplies. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. But you got to cast a wide net to catch whatever you want. So. Yeah. Okay. And honestly, we didn't end up using that much D2. It was mostly just water and brushes. So I don't think it'll be any large cost. All right, does anybody else have questions or comments? No? Okay, preservation month. Um, I know some of you were able to make it. Thank you for those who did make it and you'll have to ignore my not very well taken photos. I tried. <laughs> um, we uh, had hoped somebody was gonna be able to help us out with photos, but they didn't end up coming. Um, and uh, many thanks to Luis for all of the coordinating end of things that he had to do and Neil Conway who worked on putting together all of the videos for the event. Um, it was nice, we, we had quite a few people there. I'm bad at estimating, so somebody else can guesstimate how many people were there. Uh, <laughs> there were more than half a dozen, so that, that, was, uh, that was pretty good. <laughs> 30 maybe? Uh, yeah. Yeah. 30. Okay. Yeah. Sure. That, that felt like too much when I was thinking it in my head, but you're probably right. Um, uh, so I, I just included some photos of the folks who uh, we gave awards to. Um, um, Pat Henry uh, got her lifetime achievement and she had quite a uh, group with her, so that was really fun. Um, and everybody seemed to uh, be having a good time, um, and uh, oh yeah, and Louise put in um, Commissioner Pradel came and Mary Anderson came, um, so that was really nice to have uh, folks come out. Um, I am going to put together kind of a general rundown of the award event specific things. There are some things that Louise and I learned um, that. Uh, Sharon had kind of not told me about in the past and had just kind of handled, so I didn't know a lot about timelines for things. Um, so there are some things that I'll get written down now. Sorry, I keep looking the other way. <laughs> I'm not looking at you all. Um, so there's some stuff that I'll put down for timelines just so we know, you know, like how much lead time do we need roughly for videos? How much lead time do we need roughly for getting the um, things framed and such? So I'm gonna, lay that stuff out so we kind of have uh, a like built-in to-do dates, kind of built into the award-specific stuff. Um, but for anybody who is there, if you have any thoughts, go for it. Or if you have um, suggestions going forward, I can work those into um, general notes as well, uh, and just kind of as a, a over, overview of the event and everything. And. Luis, I don't know if you had any thoughts since you were also very involved. Uh, no, I just, uh, I guess I do have thoughts. Um, the framing of the awards and stuff, I was late uh, on getting that all set up. So I just handed out um, the awards on heavier paper, but they are in the, the process of getting made now. And once they're done, I'll hand them out to the recipients, uh, nicer framed versions with a photo of the project. Um, 
Pat Henry doesn't get a photo because she didn't have a product and or a project. And I think traditionally we haven't included pictures for just uh, awards for individuals. So, um, but as Regina said, now I know and I understand the timelines a little bit better. So, yeah. Um, for the food for thought, just in looking ahead. Um, for next time, I know um, a few former commissioners have probably, or I think Pam has mentioned it before and others have mentioned that preservation month was much larger in the past. And I um, think it's potential, uh, there's potential for something that we could do at the preservation awards, be that maybe having somebody come and speak on a topic or something like that if we wanted to make it a little bit more. Um, it always kind of seemed like in the, in the past the sort of event where people didn't want to like spend a ton of time at. So just gauging what we might want to do with the month and events going forward. Um, but I'll throw in my two cents when I write, <laughs> when I put notes together for it. Um, does anybody have any questions or comments? I think it went well, and I would have been happy to bring my camera. To, but I didn't know until I got there, and Louis said, "So, can you take photos?" And I was like, "Sure, uh, yeah, I can. I can do that." So I tried to take. I mean, I have way more photos than this. Um, the, I tried to take some of the room in general, and then some of each awardee up by Louis. So Louis is in most of the photos which is probably why I noticed that you got your hair cut because I was looking at these when I was putting this together and your hair is much longer in these photos. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but now we know for next time, Kyle. <laughs> All right, anything else for Preservation Month? Good? All right, uh, sustainability. Yeah, I guess this is just kind of alluding again to the fact that the uh, the book sale has finally finished and I'm just gonna, this ties in I guess with some of the stuff that Pam shared with us afterwards. Um, so the remaining inventory of under 3,000 copies were transferred from the Kalamazoo Record Center to Kazoo Books on the 24th of May with the help from John Hambright in the Record Center. I'm sorry that I'm reading this out of order, but I just think it ties to the sustainability, so. Uh, Gloria Tiller presented the KHBC with a check for $2,983, which Pam forwarded to Colleen Steppenwolf at the city's planning and uh, economic development department the following day. Um, so the, that project is complete now, and we've finally sold the, the, the remaining stock of Kalamazoo Lost and Found. So I think that that's great, and uh, we'll see what the future looks like for the sales on that as well. That everything for the okay, and then grant making is uh, is that basically the letter from Community Homeworks more or less? Or? I know we don't have a full uh, grant making report technically yet, but yeah, and I think it was just more to I guess we could have moved a lot of Pam stuff up to here, um, but we kind of finished the scoring plan for the grant making stuff, so. Um, Pam is looking to organize another meeting with the grant subcommittee, I believe in July, regarding 
um, just the, the more next, more next steps, I guess you can say. So we'll see where we go from there and hopefully we'll be um, lining up with our goals of looking to do stuff with the grants next year. Um, I'm sorry, can I go back? You remember the lost and found books? Don't we have them um, a few in storage because we were going to save them for members and, okay. Did, did the new people get their books? Louise has some. No, uh, I can, I can bring office, some. I have a huge yeah. stack of them in my office. So uh, if Ryan and Patrick, you would like a copy, I apologize for not having given one to you yet. So I can certainly bring you one. Thank you, Lene. I appreciate that reminder. Good reminder. Yeah, those books were for new members and dignitaries if they come and visit. So that's why you have the extra. All right, anything else? I The letter from Community Homeworks is great. I'm glad that um, we were able to, to push that forward. So that's uh, great to see. Um, anything else from anyone on sustainability or grant making? I'll just keep everyone um, aware of what's going on after the next meeting um, that the subcommittee has regarding the grant making process so we can all stay on the same page. Yeah, and I think um, once the coordinating end of things are done for grant making, we'll probably need to be forming a granting review committee specifically. So think through if that's something that you might be interested in. Um, of course, by that point, we'll have together all of the um, stuff that's been worked on over time that would have shown up piecemeal in different packets. That would be tricky to <laughs> uh, maybe suss out uh, if, if it's not all in one place. So um, we'll, we'll get things more um, buttoned up and pulled together before that time. But that's uh, something on the horizon. Uh, all right, uh, operations. I know for me, I don't have a ton. Um, we did set up a next meeting. I um, fell behind a little bit on getting a meeting together with Christina Anderson, city planner. So we'll have one uh, later this month, um, Luis and I. So that is a portion of the update. And I saw that you were grabbing the microphone too. Yeah, I just think that we're in here is obviously one of the operational things. So we have moved rooms, I guess, for the people out there watching at home, uh, officially from uh, the community room over to this room to facilitate streaming. Was that, was that what you had? Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, old and new business. Did you say you had something? Or you, okay. Yeah, and I can just present Pam's remaining items now. One of them is okay. the Kalamazoo History Preservation Commission's digitization project of the books. Um, thank you, Zach, uh, which is number two on this here. And um, Pam says that the pages are built and they've had a soft, with air quotes, launch, and they can be found at 
kpl.gov forward slash category forward slash local history forward slash online forward slash pages dash from dash the dash past. Uh, <laughs> just for people that, you know, don't have access to the link, so. Uh, <laughs> I know KPL's website is also very searchable. Yes. Um, but I know that then there will also be kind of a bigger launch in October. Um, so this is another complete project and I know that that's a, an exciting thing and I think that's a great resource. Um, so like Lost and Found is on there now and I think that that's great. I, there have been many times in the past when I've been trying to do research and I didn't have those books. Um, and that can certainly be kind of an annoyance. So those are a great resource to have online for anyone to be able to look at who has the internet or who can access the internet somehow. So um, search away and nerd out all you like now on all of those books because I think it's a walk through time, 19th century homes, and then uh, comes who lost and found, which I think that Walk Through Time is from the 80s, 19th Century Homes is from the 70s, and then uh, Calms of Lost and Found is from 02 or something. So it's a cool span. Uh, obviously, the history isn't tangibly changing. I think that the interpretation of it can change, but it's a cool way to also look at the um, different lenses that people have looked at through uh, those things through, too. So I encourage you all to look at the link and check them out if you haven't looked at those books before. So. Oops, sorry, back again. No, I was gonna say I used it um, for somebody who was coming in to research their family and I could use it to, uh, I used Lost and Found, I could link to the page for them, which was nice because they were not local, so yeah. Um, and then the fourth item, since we kind of already covered items one and three on, on Pam's reports here, um, is that I did share in the Friday email with the city commissioners, uh, the city of Kalamazoo, the uh, study report for the local historic district of this building, um, and just sent it to them to say that that report is done, and if they had any questions or comments, they could send them to me. So uh, we'll see what feedback we get on that. Um, but I just wanted to make you all aware that I did share that in some capacity, I guess, formally with all of them through the Friday email process. So that was last Friday. I was gonna say I can't I can't read it from here, <laughs> but uh, is that the uh, it looks like I can read local HD study report. This feels like an eye test. Oh, thank you, Zach. My glasses are good, but not that good. Um, was that uh, it? Looks like that's everything. Yes. Oh man, the project is complete. And oh man, I didn't even see that. Oh, I'm gonna have to go to the eye doctor. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm learning right now. <laughs> um, Luis, was there anything extra besides uh, what you just ran through from this or other? Uh, I guess just one thing that I forgot, so I'm gonna jump back a little ways and I apologize to everyone for that. But I did reach out to the SHPO, uh, I think the week after we had our last meeting regarding the diversity and inclusion and underrepresented communities grants. I'm just gonna categorize this as new business and I apologize that I didn't put it onto the agenda. Um, uh, 
but a, a good meeting about that. Um, just talking them through with them about the different funding sources that were available. Um, so I think that going after uh, National Park Service grant for underrepresented communities would be probably the most feasible and realistic way that we can pursue this. And there's a lot of different levels that we can uh, look at when we're doing this. And they reminded me many times, which I was really grateful for, that you never have to ask for the maximum amount of money when you're getting a grant. And it might be good for us to, for the first time just dipping our toes in it. Um, you know, if you ask for a bunch of money, then you, you have to make sure that you're delivering on what you're gonna use all that money for. Um, they also reminded me that it's good to kind of go after the money while it's still there because this is, I believe, you know, funded on a, I wanna say yearly and, and annual basis. So the money's not always gonna be there, but it's at one of the highest levels that it's ever been right now for the amount of money that is available, is available. So um, they also really stressed to me that we need to have a very clear goal of what we're trying to achieve with those funds. So I think it's important, you know, uh, I know that I've asked a couple times in emails for people to send to me what, what subcommittees they'd be on, but for the subcommittees to really get together and start defining that goal. So first people need to, to come forward and say, I would like to be involved in that subcommittee and then I'm gonna you know, leave it to the people in those subcommittees to organize amongst themselves to be able to come together and say, okay, here's a goal, and then we can come to the next meeting and present, here's a, a tangible goal that we would like to be able to achieve. Um, grant opportunities are available online. You can look them up and search them, so then you could have a better idea of what they're looking for, and you can also interface with me if you wanna know what they're looking for. Um, I think that the, the most low the, the, the most low effort goal that we could shoot for, I think, would just be doing uh, some kind of survey work, which I think could work in conjunction with the citywide inventory city Kalamazoo uh, survey that we're conducting right now, bumping that up to an intensive level survey, if we could identify an area of the city that we really wanna look at. And then the, I believe that the URC, the underrepresented communities grant is gonna want some kind of nomination to come out of the money that they're giving us. So probably a, a National Register of Historic Places nomination will, I think that that is the easiest and, and most immediately doable thing that we could shoot for is identifying a property that we think uh, aligns with the goal that is made by the, the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Subcommittee, and then working to write uh, a National Register of Historic Places nomination for that place. Um, that's rather confined and, and uh, it, it's not that overreaching, you know. Uh, afterwards, I think then we could start to look at maybe doing context statements for uh, parts of the city. I don't want us to overextend ourselves, especially as, as this is our first time doing it, so I can't decide what the subcommittee does, obviously, but I think that we should just look for uh, doable goals to be able to achieve in the first place. We did set this out five years, which we have a while, you know, still. Um, I think that the, the underrepresented communities grants, though, like when they give out the money, I think that it, it goes for this year's money. I think they want to see their, their goals met at the latest by 2025. So there's three-year gaps then. Um, those are just all really important things to consider and think about as we're moving forward. So I can send on another email for calls for people or even a doodle poll might be helpful to understand what subcommittees we all wanna be on, but I think that we do need to get those 
um, concretely defined, all of us together, so that those subcommittees can start meeting on their own and uh, carving out goals to help uh, meet what we outlined in our work plan. So, um, I think I already sent my email of what I was interested in. I think I did. Okay. But um, is there any way you can send the link of what the expectations are, what they're looking for? You just said that they have a spot of what they're looking for and get 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 some ideas of uh, projects that they're be they, they fund. So if I can get that you know, or if everybody could get that, it'll open up our brain of, oh, okay, we can do that, you know. So if you can send that link, that would help. Yeah, certainly. And I think everyone can look up all of the, the granting opportunities besides the URC one, just through the National Park Service as well. So through Historic Preservation and the Natural Park Service, they're very, they want, you know, to advertise the grants so they can be made. Um, so tomorrow I can go through and search for people that have given me subcommittee requests. I can um, put out another call then and outline who's involved with what and then um, by the next meeting if we could all come and it, I think it'd be great if the subcommittees, subcommittees could meet in between the meetings so then they have things to report at the meetings. Um, those will help us make tangible steps towards the goals. And I'll say too, if um, if there's like uncertainty about whether or not you want to be on a subcommittee or leading a subcommittee, it's not necessarily a set in stone sort of thing. I mean, it'd probably be good to be able to like say through the end of the year, but you know, we can always keep looking back at things. People's lives change, our you know responsibilities change. So don't don't feel like just because you're stepping into it that you might you know now you're stuck. Um, that, that that's just an opportunity to kind of get uh, more involved in some of the detail level work that's kind of been happening. Um, but don't feel like you're, you're I don't want to say trapped, but trapped. <laughs> you know, know that there's some flexibility where, you know, we're all here to work together. So, um, but um, to Luis's point too, you know, we, we definitely, the way that we can move forward on some of the goals that we set out are, are kind of chipping away at these small, smaller goals um, and I think uh, I think Louise said it earlier on you know to celebrate the the wins and celebrate the things being marked off the list and and this is kind of one of those steps towards doing that uh, and I'm sorry can you also send us what everybody's signed up for because then I we can all see what's lacking and then we can make a decision if we want to get on that committee yeah, so it's included in the work plan right now. Uh, the people who are involved with the different goals that we've identified, I've put them on there. Um, yep, and it's, no, not a problem. And I can try to make them. Maybe we should make them bold or something at the top. Yeah, I, can't remember I can certainly do that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's hard to, to start. I don't want to have to assign like homework necessarily because that's just not fun. But I want you know us to be able to have things. So the report time that are that's on this agenda is meant for people to come back then and kind of report the work that's been done in the in between because otherwise we're only meeting and, and accomplishing goals 12 times a year. And I, I don't think that we necessarily need to be meeting. Obviously needs to be noticed. So the entire commission coming together needs to be noticed. And right now we only have it down for max or minimum 12 times a year but that doesn't mean that subcommittees can't be doing things in the interim so i, I just uh 
I guess that that is homework, but I would, you know, by the next meeting, I would like everyone to, and I can send it out again to send me, and I don't know how many people are, because I haven't counted it up right now, but everyone at least to have been signed up for subcommittees, and then amongst yourselves to be discussing when can we meet as subcommittees to start making, um, like setting up meetings and stuff and, and starting to talk about things. So I know that so far we've talked about Grave Issue Squad and I will take responsibility for not having those dates, so I do apologize for that. But uh, we did talk about the DEI stuff, the window workshops is I have not talked about yet. Um, Regina talked about the Medjibaneshi wish um, things. We talked about preservation month, uh, sustainability. We are in the process that subcommittee is active right now. And then the inventory we've also spoke about. So I think that we are in the right direction, but I wanna start having um, more reports coming through each month so we can all talk about things and have that as a, a, an opportunity to interact with each other as well. Well, and some of these too, I know from the couple that I reported on, these are long-standing committees, so they, they're kind of just rolling year to year. So a lot of the work that we're kind of trying to get off the ground is a little bit newer. So I, I think once we get rolling, it, it will fall into place. Um, now, okay, I see the names. Okay, so <laughs> our reconnaissance level and the sustainability, those are lacking, correct? Am I reading that right? They don't have. Yeah, and some of them were, I had to make judgment calls because some people would use like the a, a broader name or a top level name for the things they want to be involved with and then some people would use the, the smaller level goal, but I believe that you are reading that correctly, that, that the, the survey is lacking and then Mm -hmm. So is the sustainability. I just want to make sure I'm reading this right. Now. I guess I saw that and assumed this wasn't a complete list. Oh, I'm back. All right. Yeah, um, I just need to get put on the survey one. I know that I'm, I know that I'm on that one. <laughs> okay. All okay. but inform all but formally. Okay. Okay. Um, now the thing about the O'Connor firm, I mean not the O'Connor fund. The um, what is the O? Uh, oh, how? What is that falling under? Uh, we've got, oh, actually, this is the older one. So this is the one before we redid it. So, oh, how is under education. Oh, it's under education. Yeah, if okay. you look at this one. Oh, this one. See, I'm yeah. on the wrong one. No, if you're good. <clears throat> now, right, one of the things is that we don't yeah. know, you know, because of COVID, we kind of suspended our meeting. Certainly we can start again so that we can plan for 23 and maybe we'll be able to do something in the fall, but because of COVID, we didn't know how to move forward. And plus we wanted to make sure we, you know, got some clearance from you or some understanding of how, what you want us to do next. But um, I can talk to Pam and um, see if we can start meeting again for 23. To Pam O'Connor? Pam O'Connor, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, and you know, oops, whoever else then wants to be involved with the workshops can also get together and talk, and we can then convene a meeting as well. Um, but, because I'm not, I, I even have it right in front of me, so I should know. Well, but in general for, um, 
like Patrick said, we can just update things and make sure that everybody who expressed interest got put down under the right category. And then um, if we send out that update, then we can all look at it and go from there with setting up meetings with the various subcommittees. Um, and we don't, we don't have to have Luis do that for us, I guess. Do you want to do all our meetings for us, Luis? I'm, I'm just joking. No, no. I mean, because I think that is a valid question, but I, I just don't think that there's, I don't necessarily need to be at everyone, but I certainly am more than willing to come to every meeting. But I, I don't want you guys to think, oh, Luis has to come to it. So I'm more than willing to, but you guys can also meet and feel free to meet without me to discuss things. And then I think that we should start to make it our norm that when we come back, we are reporting on the things that we discussed as subcommittees to the entire commission to keep them updated on everything that's been happening. Oh, see, my name is not on the diversity and equity. And I can add you, but I would just ask that, because I just searched through, and I should have put you underneath the servo, and I'm sorry, but I just want there to be express, explicitly written in writing to me, like, I would like to be involved with X, Y, and Z um, oh, I said subcommittees. Email, but I'll resend it. So I, when I look back, there was only, you asked for the, some of the survey, sections mm -hmm. but then i didn't put you underneath the survey one so that's m my apologies for that um okay. I'll, I'll resend it okay thank you <clears throat> um louise back to the uh shipo granting um are you seeing in your head that there could be a um uh, sorry, my brain just went in six directions. Um, <laughs> that you see like a linking between the survey work being done, but then raising it to another level um, using SHPO funds to specifically look at a neighborhood or? No, they should be looked at as distinct things. Okay. Um, I guess we could say that the work may be able to piggyback off of it later, but okay. I think that we should keep... Uh, two separate things for right now. Okay. Should uh, we go to a SHPO? Is that your responsibility to contact SHPO or if we're on the committee, should we go to SHPO to, um, well, for instance, in June, discuss grant applications? So it's written down there. I think that there's always great opportunities um, for commission members to write things on behalf of, of subcommittees and then they can be given to me. I think it's the, the most logical thing would be to have me be the point person for contacting SHPO, but I would always appreciate having letters that were written on behalf of commission members to show the support that's, that's coming from this commission or subcommittees. Um, and I, I don't think that that by any means needs that the communication needs to be cut off, but uh, I think just for the sake of keeping things streamlined, I can speak with them or we can organize maybe to have people on the calls with me if we would like that to happen. And so then again, just to say it again, you're going to send out a link to the SHPO granting so that we can look at kind of general descriptions and also I'm sure they do publicity for past awardees, uh, LinkedIn, so that we can kind of get an idea of the project. So this is a National Park Service federal level grant, not right. a not not a SHPO grant, um, and.
and I'm not sure how many, I think the, the biggest examples of underrepresented communities granting uh, we can look to is Los Angeles and some city in Texas. I want to say San Antonio. Okay. I'm not sure all the way. But I think that those would be places to look for for the work that they've done, especially on context statements. Uh, Detroit has also done work, but they did it more under the scope of civil rights specifically. That's not to say that it doesn't align, but I think it is um, a different angle. So just be cognizant of that when reading the work to understand. I think that civil rights in Detroit is such a specific thing. So when you're reading it, just keep in mind that that is the stuff that was being written about. Um, I think that the two align, but there's obviously a rich history of civil rights in Detroit and the Metro Detroit area. Um, so I can send over to you all the granting page from National Park Service, NPS, and the underrepresented communities grant, URC grant, um, so you can kind of get a better idea of what's going on there. Thank you, Luis. Um, oh gosh, we're we're in old and new business, aren't we? Oh, <laughs> uh, did anybody have anything else for old or new business? Or Luis, did you have anything else? No, I apologize for my tangent. No, it's okay. That's why I write notes. That's how I know where I'm going. Um, all right, uh, then we can move on to. Eight, uh, approval of April's meeting notes. <laughs> Here comes Kyle. Here comes Kyle. <laughs> I just had um, 7C at the end. We have can contact, should contact. Just pick one of those. Oh, I see. Can contact, should contact. And 7A, old business. Um, it might be worth just saying, instead of the library's annual celebrations, their 150th, if I'm not mistaken. It is their 150th, yeah. Is there a term for that? I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, sesquicentennial. 150. <laughs> Thank you, Luis. Um, Luis, did you get to, I didn't, did you say 7A? Kyle, for that one? Yes. Okay. That's all I noticed. Did anybody else see anything in April's meeting minutes? No? They look okay? All right, uh, so we need a motion to approve the meeting minutes as amended. Does anybody move? So moved. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, and a second. I second. Thank you. All right. Uh, coordinator's report. Yes. 
Hello, all. I apologize for in the printed version. The bottom of it says March 2022, so I just want to say that up front. I didn't notice it. Maybe you guys wouldn't have noticed it either, but I just want to get out in front of it. Uh, so I'm noticing it now. Yeah. As, as I was going through this, I noticed that there have been a lot more, there were a lot more um, projects without fees last year, 20 as opposed to five this year, which I don't know if that, I, maybe I need to go back through my records and double check again. Um, but that's the only thing that's really been drastically different. Also, I did my math wrong at the bottom of 21. It should be 40. Um, so apologize for that as well. The section 106 reviews are, are pretty similar and there's been nothing crazy or of note happening in those that I've, that have really come up. Um, so that's all for that, I suppose. Um, the biggest news I think, uh, here is the tax credit was officially announced as coming back last Wednesday on the first of this month. Um, it's going to go live on the 15th of this month. Uh, so two weeks in between the two. Um, and I just included some of the information here um, from the State Historic Preservation Office's website. <clears throat> um, I think a, a really good overview and way to look at it is that there's $5 million that will be available for the credit overall completely for the entire year. That $5 million is broken down into three separate categories. Uh, $2 million for commercial projects with expenses over $2 million. $2 million for commercial projects with uh, expenses underneath $2 million. And then $1 million for owner-occupied residential structures. Um, it's down a lot from the last time that we had this in, in 2011, when I believe that $65 million were used. But I think that we are starting somewhere, and I think that's a really positive way to frame it, that we haven't had this for 11 years. So it's really good that we're, we're finally back at it. And I think that, that a lot of that can be attributed to, attributed to people that, um, I guess, really supported the cause in, in recent years and, and, and really tried to contact legislators to make sure that this would come back. So uh, kudos to them, and I'm happy that we do have it back. Um, there's going to be a webinar, two webinars on the 13th of this month, so that's next Monday. One of them is earlier in the day. I want to say it's from 2 to 3 for the commercial projects, and then there's one from 5 to 6 for the residential um, projects. I put a link in, which we can't click in the paper, and I won't read another link out, but uh, there is a link that's in the electronic version that people can uh, visit. Um, it's open to all, and that will also be recorded, and then I'm sure that they're going to post that on the SHPO website. The people here at the city, uh, Amanda Cockcroft and Neil Conway, have also done a really great job of making a website for this, too, on the city's um, or a page for this on the city's website. So we also have some in-house stuff. I just finalized a postcard that should be going out on Friday, I believe, and hopefully getting to people uh, early next week as well to let them know about the tax credit, and that's going out to all owners of properties in historic districts. So that's around 1,300 um, individuals, uh, which I think is it's a good amount of people. So I'm happy that um, we can spread the news with them that way as well. SHPO is really the State Historic Preservation Office is really the main point for all of this stuff that, you know, they're the ones that's a, that are administrating, administering this project. Uh, so 
please make sure to check their website for the frequently asked questions, um, the applications, and some of the ins and outs of this. It's a, a three-part process. The first one, the first part of the process is pretty much just submitting um, some personal information and, and tax information, I believe, and stuff of that nature. The, the second part is uh, describing the project and um, describing how much money will be used. And then once those two, if you get your part two application approved, then you'll be, you could be um, considered to receive the, the money. This is on a first uh, come first serve basis this time. So once the money runs out, it, it does run out and you'll be put on to like a wait list for next year. Um, so I think that going to the webinar will certainly help and then kind of organizing and getting ready ahead of time is really gonna help too, so you can get a jump um, on the 15th to really be hopefully one of the first applicants that gets out there. Um, again, anyone that has questions regarding this can also ask me about them, and if I don't know the answer, we can go to SHPO and see if they have the answers. So how are we advertising to these people who are the 1300 that's in the historic district? Yeah, so there's a webpage and then uh, social media blasts went out and then there's postcards that are getting out to them uh all of the owners that have this information on it and then a qr code that they can scan to get onto it um and shippo has done blasts as well um about all this info so have you gotten uh, I know the information isn't fully out there yet, but have you started getting inquiries from folks? Uh, no. So I think the day or the day after, I think on June 2nd or something, I reached out to the communications people and they did put out a social media post. So I guess I have got one inquiry thus far. Um, um, so that's been out there for a while on the social media side of things, and then the web page has been out since... I want to say earlier this week, and I can't remember which day exactly, but those those ways have been out there, and then I know that SHPO put out a, uh, an email blast of sorts as well. So, okay. I know there was some discussion about it at uh, the Preservation Awards amongst a number of the people there. And, um, oh, I just had a senior moment. Um, the, um, the awards, I forgot what my question was. <laughs> um, we were talking about the advertising, the tax credits. Huh. It'll come to me. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Lynette. <Lene. laughs> uh, all right. Luis, was there anything else, or did anybody have any questions for Luis? I remember. Perfect. Can we get a map of the neighborhoods that are in the qualified areas? Yeah, so there's a map online. Uh, if you go to City of Kalamazoo, or you can just type, and I can send the link out too, but if you just look up City of Kalamazoo GIS online, GIS, Geographic Information Systems, um, it's a really nice map that has a lot of different things that you can look at, and one of them uh, is historic districts, um, both local and national. So local and national historic districts are both eligible for this credit. Um, 
then you can see on there where stuff lines up. I also have a list of, not like a list, but it says like street names and then ranges of addresses. So I guess it is a list of sorts that show where, what properties are included in historic districts as well. So I can also send that out to anyone that would like it. Thank you, Luis. Any other questions for Luis or follow up on anything? Zach, you got anything over there? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so we are on to citizen comments on non-agenda items. Did we, we, and we didn't get anything. Okay. All right. Uh, now we're on to commissioner comments. Any commissioner comments? I was just looking back for the name, but um, Patrick was mentioning that we were discussing the tax credits with the Angers, looks like. You used to have their contact information. Could you make sure you especially like pointed out to them because they said they caught the bug? Oh, yeah, 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 from the awards, yeah. Yes, the Angers, and they will certainly receive uh, the postcard, and I can also reach out to them as well. Um, to, to let them know. And I, I hope that there is good attendance at the webinar um, because the people at the SHPO that know it the best, that designed the program, I guess, will, will be the ones that'll be running the webinar. So that's a great experience and opportunity for people to kind of hear it direct from the source as well. All right, any other commissioner comments? No? All right, uh, so we have one thing that did get added to the agenda, which is voting on uh, moving to chambers for our meetings through the end of the year. And I know this was our first one, and uh, we're doing a vote on it right away. And sorry, I just wanted to make sure that oh. we uh, motion appropriately. Yep, so um, we would need a motion to um, say that through the end of, or through our December 2022 meeting, that we would be meeting in chambers going forward. I have a question. Uh, Will that lock us into here? I brought that up earlier. Yeah, I, I, I think that at least in um, past meetings with um, folks from the city that they wanted a one or other just for clarity and since the community room still cannot do any sort of streaming, which, you know, we're streaming right now, um, that being in here allows us uh, or gives us more reach that we can't currently have in the community room. Um, so I think my, my guess would be, and Luis can correct me if I'm wrong, that they're probably just figuring out schedules because most groups are meeting in here at this point because of the streaming capabilities. I don't know, it bothers me to be locked into just one meeting. So if we had something, I don't know if everybody else feels the same about it, but we could be more effective doing something else in the workroom. Uh, would that be something we could move to from a meeting and, and make a motion to move to work in another setting? What so I, I, I guess I'm just, 
uh, I don't want to say concerned, but we, we've always used one location only for the meetings and it's never been, um, I guess the, the notion of moving has never been brought up before. Um, as Regina said to this is just to make sure that we're reaching the most people because we, we don't have the capabilities in there. And, and making this motion is just so that the, the official notices for this can be put out and that it's, it's concrete that we will be meeting in here. Um, I guess I, I don't really think that this limits us in any capacity and our ability to do work at all. Um, those are my two cents on the topic, I suppose, um, regarding being in here. So I'm the only one with a concern about that, it sounds like. Well, I mean, uh, I, I mean, as this was our first night, <laughs> kind of getting used to microphones and, and everything, um, I, I don't, it kind of reminds me of just being in Zoom, just in the same room on a Zoom. Um, it, it has, of course, a more formal feeling, but we are very fancy, so I don't know why we can't be in chambers. But um, is your, do you feel like we're, I mean, to Luis's point, um, the, we would either be, we, we'd be not flexible one way or another. So either we're in here for the rest of the year, or in the community room for the rest of the year. And the community room does not allow us any way to stream. So we wouldn't be able to do Zoom meetings if or Zoom people probably um, coming in potentially, like we would lose some of our, uh, some of the capabilities that this room has because of the other uses that this room has. Like we, I think, we, yeah. <laughs> I think that, um, the um, board for the, what is it, the city meeting. I know uh, a couple of years ago, uh, Bobby and his committee moved his meeting to the community. So, um, but I think that, especially for this first year, I think we, you know, it's just till December and then if we decide, you know, because we could theoretically, you know, go to one of the historic places and have a meeting, okay? Technology is changing every day, so we could have a video, whatever they have available. But until the end of the year, I think my thought process is to stay in here and then play it by ear. And then if next year we want to have that capability to be able to move around, we could revisit that. Yeah, and I, I just think, you know, business is conducted I, for, for a lot of boards in this room. I don't think that it precludes anyone from getting work done in any capacity. And I, I guess I don't see the advantages all the way of, of meeting in the community room um, for regular business meetings that we're having in here. Um, and I just really want to make sure that we're being transparent and open with the community, and this is the room that allows us to do that. I also think as more of the work gets pushed onto the subcommittees, and this becomes more of a form to report on that, 
the subcommittees aren't meeting in here. They're going to meet in a more informal setting. So this will be more of a reporting kind of forum as opposed to a working group. I see some flexibility with that. Yeah, the, the big thing about being in here and to Luis's point of transparency is that um, if we're at quorum, we have to. <laughs> it's subject to Open Meeting Meetings Act, but subcommittees and, and work being done on a different level that gets reported here, they're under a different set. So every subcommittee does not have to meet in here. Um, I don't think the city would probably love that if every subcommittee would need to meet in here. I don't think we'd have the room for it to fit everyone. Um, but I can, um, when I when I do meet with Christina, I know that they were talking about doing updates in the community room. It was hazy at best of what any sort of timeline would be. Um, but I can check in with her about what that timeline might look like. And um, to Lynnae's point, it would be six meetings, basically. We're halfway through 2022. Um, it'd be six more meetings that we would have in here. And in the past, we have sometimes taken August off um, as as a meeting off for the summer because some folks are traveling. Um, so it wouldn't be a ton more. And um, we can make sure everybody feels comfortable. I don't want anybody to feel I'm uncomfortable. Not, I'm not totally convinced that that room's the best, but I've also against being locked into a meeting here, but then you pointed out the subcommittees would have flexibility of working, mm -hmm. using this as a reporting place. Yeah. And and before we were locked into meeting in that room. Yeah, too. we were. And whether, I guess it was advertised or not, that's just where the meeting was noticed to being taking place. And that's, I think, so the public knows, oh, this is where the meeting is gonna happen. I know it's not the biggest building, but uh, when they come in. Thought I saw you. <laughs> okay, uh, Luis, could you read <laughs> what, whatever motion I, no, and, I and put just, out the last time? Or yeah, just be sure that when you're making the motion, that it is clear to, to to say that the meeting location is going to change and and okay. say the place of the location uh, for the all the future meetings this year. Okay, so uh, we would need a motion to move the. Um, Historic Preservation Commission meetings from the community room to um, the city commission room for the remaining meetings of the 2022 calendar year. So moved. <laughs> All right, is there a second? Second. Perfect. Do would we need a roll call for this? Yeah, okay. All right, roll call. Kyle. I'd also like to remind people that goal of Sharon's was to get the Mountain Home Gatehouse to a state where some offices could be there and we could meet there eventually. So maybe some of those grants we try to get could be used towards that purpose. <laughs> and it still seems strange to me that the Technology allowed us to have a video two-way with a remote guest in there, but we can't stream. I don't understand the difference, but putting that out there, but yeah. it, yes. Okay. Patrick. Yes. 
me, yes. Me, Regina, <laughs> yes. Lene? Yes. Fred? Yes. Ryan? Yes. All right. That was a good yes. There's that voice. There's that good microphone voice. Um, all right. That is the end of everything. Do we have anybody who wants to move to adjourn? I move to adjourn. Thank you, Lene. Thank you, everyone.